Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I am your host, Megan Hall, psychology grad student, spouse, mom, and advocate for change. On this podcast, I provide a space for women to share their stories. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today and enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, today I'm here with Claire. Claire Kui is an international sales expert, trainer, and speaker who has led multi-seven-figure sales teams to close over 9 million in high-ticket sales. Ooh, 4 million during 2020 alone. That's impressive considering there was a whole pandemic that happened. Right. I mean, it's still here, but I mean, that was the, you know, crux of it all. Anyways, with experience in leading and consulting teams for multi-seven-figure entrepreneurs such as Lisa Nichols, Rachel Bell, and Sage Levine, who are those people? <laughs> are they big, are they big people that uh, like others would know? And I just they're, don't know because I live under probably, a rock. No, I mean, they're pretty big in the coaching industry. I mean, gotcha. there's... Lisa, and in fact, I think Lisa Nichols has reached more of a broader audience. She okay. is a, she's an African-American woman that is v- super motivational. Like she gets often compared to Oprah, but she's not Oprah. I mean, she's a okay. different type of speaker. She's incredible. I just wanted to, I'm like, I haven't heard of them yet. Where do, mm-hmm. where do we find them? Um, right. <laughs> yeah, I do have a lot of coaches that listen, so they probably know. And they're just like, Megan, you're asleep at the wheel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, Claire is an expert in teaching online coaches and service providers how to convert high ticket sales without pushing or convincing. Previously struggling as a yoga instructor, Claire discovered the importance self-worth by mastering the spiritual aspect of sales. This has inspired her to teach others how to be leaders in sales conversations so they too can receive more of what they deserve. Since 2014, Claire has been teaching coaches how to have permission-based sales conversations that result in consistent 10 to 20 to upwards of 50K months, Ooh, 10, 20, 50K that's a lot of K, um, by empowering coaches to confidently stand in their highest value. Well, Claire, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm so glad to be here. And as that, as, as amazing as those stats are, and they are pretty amazing. I'm not going to lie. Um, the, the reality is that it wasn't always that way. So mm-hmm. all those K's like that, that was not my reality for a long, long time. So I just want to make that um, make anybody listening that sounds really intimidated. That's like, I started from nothing. So it's all right. possible. So many, so many people are like, Oh, entrepreneurship, you're going to be rich overnight. And I'm like, no, no, no you won't. No, I actually no, no. had two, two different businesses. I was a fitness coach and then a women's empowerment coach. So I was in the coaching for a couple of years and then I just not an entrepreneur. I need a boss. I just don't have it in me and hats off to all those that are an entrepreneur because it does, it takes a very uh, special kind of like drive and personality and, you know, wherewithal, honestly, where I got to the point where I'm like, just please somebody tell me what to do. I just want to work for you. (laughs) Right. I mean, it's, and I just, I also just hats off to you for kind of knowing that you need a boss. I mean, it's, I'm not one to, to like 
oh my god coaching is so great which i mean it is great but yeah. it's not it's certainly not for everybody and i'm not meaning like that's not for everybody it really <laughs> is not for everybody because you yeah. do have to be your own boss and mm. um you're you're in charge which has all the lots of amazing things and lots of not amazing things and um i also because i train and other teams and i often step in as in a leadership position and in a way like i am they are my boss because they're right. the client so i mean there's different ways to look at it and uh i i honor both because your path is your path yeah and and to be honest if i hadn't realized i'm not meant to be an entrepreneur i wouldn't now be in grad school for psychology and wanting to be a professor so Follow the breadcrumbs. Follow the breadcrumbs. <laughs> There's certainly breadcrumbs. Yes. So Claire, uh, we're not on the podcast to talk about uh, about entrepreneurship, um, but we are to talk about a life changing surgery that you had that I believe we have never talked about on the podcast before. So I'd love for you to share that with us. Oh, I'm so honored to. So yeah, it was it was life changing, uh, and the life changing surgery was a surgery to fix another surgery <laughs> and i i say uh this story with a lot of heart and i also hope it inspires and informs women about where they're at and choices they can make and so i recently in 2021 in the tail end october 2021 i had a breast implant explant had a breast explant to fix my breast implants to get them out of my body. And the reason why I took them out was because they were making me sick. Oh and my. yeah, and, and I'll also say that there is, um, there's back and forth in the scientific research realm around what's actually true. And um, what I do know is any, oh, that was my dog, sorry. And he's walking away, can you hear that? So what I do know is that uh, any kind of implant, your body does treat like a foreign invader at mm. some, it will actually reject it. This goes for knee implants, like back, whatever kind of implant you get, it's not just breast implants. And um, I think as more women start using their voice and actually kind of putting together two and two, um, there will be more more evidence and support of this is this is something real. And I, I will also say that I went to my initial surgeon who did my surgery, and she um, definitely said that that the evidence is not there. And I, I straight up told her, well, I'm doing everything that I can right. Like I am dairy gluten and dairy and gluten free. I move my body. I am. I, I practice spiritual practices like I'm doing everything I can possible. And this is the one variable that is not is not natural to my body. So regardless whether we think this is the cause or not, I just want to get it out so that I can actually be at peace and know that mm -hmm. I've done everything that I could. And it was not it, it was not an easy decision. I'll be honest, because uh, our culture has conditioned us that to fix our bodies or to make it look a certain way is good. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, like you had a fitness background and um, my, a little different though, I, I was a competitor in the fitness industry. Wow. And one of the things that uh, just 
speaking of body and fitness culture, one of the things that held me back, and I was going to do big quote, held me back from doing and placing better on the stage was uh, I got feedback from a panel of nine judges. I'd say an eight of them were men. There was one woman. Of course. <laughs> of course there was. And they basically, the feedback from the majority of them was that I needed to have breast implants because I didn't oh. look, I didn't look the way that they thought was quote unquote beautiful and their beauty standards. And I walked away from that, like, Oh, like, I don't know, like, do I? And I, mm. I remember a couple months later I was in the gym and I was looking, I was really proud of my body. I should be like, I put a lot of time and energy and focus on it. And I impulsively was like, you know, I think I do need boobs. Like I do kind of look like a, a, a like a 12 year old boy. And, um, he, there I was with, I got implants. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the, the layout of the land about why I like where I started with that. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm still in process of healing. Um, it's not healing and getting your body back to its natural state out of imbalance is it's not a linear thing. So I'm still very much in the, the process of getting back into better health. Yeah. I feel like uh, with many surgeries, not even just implants, I know with implants, it doesn't even have to, it, it could be like, you know, screws in your knee or things like that, where like the foreign objects, like you said, coming into your body that sometimes your body's like rejecting it. Like right. I've, I've heard of stories, uh, with people that had screws in their knees cause they like twisted or broke or whatever. Um, and literally the screws start poking out because their body's mm -hmm. like, no, absolutely not. I do not want this in here. Right. Right. Yeah. And the body's natural intelligence is to reject that. Now, the tricky thing with, so I, I love that you said the knee implant, there's screws sticking out. It's not like your boobs get boobier right. and <laughs> stick out more. <laughs> um, the, the presentation often is in immune disorders, autoimmune mm. disorders. So there's the, the, the things that were cluing me into something was definitely wrong was I was having inflammation, but I didn't know it was inflammation. I just thought it was bloated. Mm -hmm. Um, I was having major brain fog, trouble concentrating. I was exhausted. And I mean, when I say exhausted, I mean, like I would wake up tired and not just like, yeah. Oh, I'm kind of sleepy. Like I would wake up tired mm -hmm. and um, I, it, over time, I just really noticed that it was if impacting my, my exhaustion was impacting my daily life. Like I couldn't, mm -hmm. um, I couldn't rebound back the same way. Um, and there, there's other things, just a, like a whole list of other symptoms that, um, that my hormones and other things that were impacted were kind of presenting as. And I'm, I'm now I'm on a really strict protocol to heal my hormones. Um, mm -hmm. so I'm still in process of that, but in fact, I had to let it get a little after surgery. I, I noticed immediate, um, like uh, I was better, like I was immediately better. Like I'd say on day three, I didn't, I took a picture like day of surgery and I took a picture three days later and you're like, after three days after a major surgery, you know, you just had yeah. surgery. 
um, you're, you're bloated and you, mm -hmm. re, your body is having all these chemicals and anesthesia in it. Like tip, people typically do not, do not look great. And my skin was clear. My eyes were clear, meaning I, I, I didn't even realize I had red eyes three days after surgery. My eyes cleared up because that inflammation, mm -hmm. my body was just like, oh, like, wow. So, um, it's pretty drastic. The, the impact of three days, but like I said before, healing is not linear. So I'm having a bit of a, and, and in fact, a lot of, of women in this community that get their breast implants removed and there's lots of resources. There's Facebook groups. The one that I'm in has like over, I think 150 women in it. I mean, wow. 150,000, not 150 yeah. women. That's like 150,000 that are, um, get, have had their breast implants removed. And it's, it's pretty incredible. The, the good majority of them are healed. Like they're, they're getting much better. And then, but healing is not a straight path. So people like me that are still getting, um, detox waves, they call it. So, um, I I'm really hoping that just sharing this story and like giving people some more information about what I'm experiencing it, I hope it really makes an impact. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like I'm not saying the medical establishment has like you know, poor intentions, but I feel like there's such mixed information about a lot of surgeries that, and they see such a limited amount of patients. Right. And I, I mean that as in like, they don't see all of the people that would get these surgeries. So maybe their clients particularly, or their patients particularly have not had these experiences. So then you come along and you're like, I'm, I'm having the experiences. And they're like, well, no, that that's not really a thing. And you're like, but it is a thing, right? you know? And I feel like that's right. with a lot of surgeries, like with my kids, I, each of my kids, I had to have a C-section and so many complications that I have now that, you know, they were like, let's put you on birth control. That'll help. I'm like, I have a tubal ligation. That's not the issue. Like, please tell me how that's going to help me. And they're like, I don't know. It just usually helps people. And I'm like, could this be because I had three C-sections maybe? Right. Like, right. I went to an OBGYN and they're like, oh, I don't know if anybody told you, but when you have a C-section, you can build up a lot of scar tissue and that scar tissue can attach to other organs of yours. Right. And I was like, good to know. Good to know. <laughs> and, you know, not to, not to bash Western medicine too much. I mean, my mom, um, was a general practitioner. So your GP, your general physician for over what, 40 something years, right. she's now retired, but they're just, Western medicine is taught to, to treat symptoms. And the reality, it's kind of like, if, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a good analogy. It's like lipstick on a pig. I mean, it's just the symptoms are caused by something deeper like if you have i don't know just indigestion like taking tums and the, the recommendation of taking tums isn't because you have a tums deficiency there's right. other other things going on with your gas or your stomach issues that are not because you're deficient in tums but we're, a lot of western medicine is taught to treat tums which is also why when i got when I went to my surgeon, like, well, it's not like your boobs are boobier and they're just, it's obviously your boobs. I'm, I kind of knew in my guts, like down in my gut that it was mm -hmm. not, there was something deeper going on and the impact it had on my overall health. So 
I just, and this is just my personal story. And I, I really hope that women start to pay attention to some of their symptoms. And I mean, I was having even like crazy rashes out of nowhere, wow. like no, yeah. nowhere, like hives on my body. And that wouldn't happen. This is the crazy thing. It wouldn't happen like once a week or once a month. It was like once every nine months I'd had this weird hive, but when you have something going on in your system, in your your body will react in mm -hmm. an, like an allergic reaction. So it's not this clear cut line of like, a, there's a screw poking out of my knee. Right. There's deeper things to look at. Mm -hmm. So if, if any of your listeners are experiencing exhaustion, well, number one, talk to a doctor and not just a Western doctor. I recommend natural medicine, talk to a functional medicine practitioner. Um, I, I personally work with a Chinese medicine doctor in Ayurvedic, which is a, like an old yogic uh, approach to medicine mm -hmm. and in healing the body and also a hormone specialist, functional medicine doctor. So, um, talk to somebody that has a, has a certification in, in something that, uh, you besides just listening to a podcast, I mean, like I said, Hey, I hate right. that I have to say that, but like everybody be smart, you know, yeah, um, podcasts are not going to die. No, <laughs> no podcast, TikTok, Instagram, not, not yeah. great places to like get your medical advice or even Google. Um, <laughs> or even Google. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I was like, yeah, Google yeah. is like, you know, talk yeah. to a professional right. and also get different opinions, um, which is why I, I work with these different practitioners um, that are able to look outside the box. Because a lot of times you'll go to a Western doctor and they'll like check your thyroid panel. Like, well, you're in the spec, you're in, you're like in the good area. That's what, what I they, was told. Right. But here's <laughs> what, here's what we as like, as clients, patients don't understand they're looking at the worst of the worst right. combined with the top of the top. And the spectrum is like, I, I, it's like the C pluses, right? And I know for me personally, I want to be an optimal health for my body. I want to be an A plus. Right. So when they say you're in, you're okay. It's like that, that grade C area is broad as heck. It's like, mm -hmm. Do you have a body? You know, and it's like that's the criteria. Do you have a temperature of 98.6 most days? Like you're good. That's not a good criteria to look at with hormones. You want to be in optimal health. So no, I completely agree. Like I have had I've had obviously have had this thyroid issue for years. And I remember years ago, probably like five years ago, my my uh you know, general practitioner at the time going, Oh, your thyroid feels a little swollen. Let's let's, you know, in a little enlarged, let's send you to have like a thyroid panel. It turns out fine. So it was left at that. Then I move, get a new doctor and they say the same thing. Oh, it feels a little enlarged. We're going to monitor it. Oh, your thyroid hormones are fine. So we'll see. Right. Then a pandemic happened, saw them online. So they didn't actually feel me. And then I went back last year. And I was like, I'm having, you know, difficulty swallowing, sometimes difficulty right. breathing. This is very uncomfortable. It's getting larger. And they did it again. And they're like, your thyroid function's great. And I was like, but it's growing and it's right. I can't, I literally can't swallow like, hello. Yeah. Like, like there like are days, they... like I have to, I had to swallow really hard just oh to like swallow. God. And so then she sends me to like, um, 
oh, what endocrinologist. He did the thyroid panel too, but then he did like an ultrasound and a biopsy, or he did a biopsy to check for cancer, but he did an ultrasound and he was like, oh yeah, your thyroid's quite <laughs> enlarged. They didn't even know how enlarged it was, but right. he's like, you might want to get this removed. And I was like, well, I want a second opinion because you never know. And then the next one was like, no, you need to get this <laughs> removed. I yeah. mean, I just- But it, it always showed fine. If right. they just went by my, my you know, th- thyroid panel, it was within the range. Now right. looking back and looking at the, the blood, because they always sent me the results. Sometimes it was barely in the range barely like right like yeah. i'm a i'm a if 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 a grade c is like 70 you're at like 72 70 <laughs> right 70 70.3 you know yeah. like like you might be questionable i mean and so i just i i just want to take a stand for everybody to kind of understand the context of like it's so it, it context is so important with everything like like right. okay say I'm normal, but in the context of what? Oh, we're looking at the worst of the worst and the best of the best. And like, well, that's like millions of people. And how big is like normal? Because um, there's a whole, there's a whole spectrum there. And I want to be on the, on the healthy end of spectrum, not in the bottom of the right. middle. You know? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And again, like we're not here to bash, bash like Western medicine, Um, but it might take, like you said, getting additional, you know, perspectives from additional doctors. I I love my doctor. She's super nice, but is her specialty certain things? No, she's a general practitioner and she's been great about referring me to specialists. So like, usually she's like, well, you know, I think you should go see. And I'm like, yep. (laughs) Right. Give me the number. Just give me the number. But I've had other, um, you know, doctors who, no, they were not going to hand you a referral just because right. you have something going on. They're going to diagnose you. And unless you get worse, you're not getting a referral, which is like, you're not a specialist, man. Like, <laughs> right. And so just, it's also important to get a second opinion. And for me personally, it's really important to me that I have, I, I look at the the sphere and all directions and all perspectives. So, mm-hmm. which is why I use these different uh, different types of Eastern medicine, not just Eastern medicine in general. So um, yeah, it's, if you're gonna go to Western medicine, that's totally fine. I think there's times it's really, it's really appropriate. And if you're like, there's something still not working and something's like a little off, we can all feel that. Get another opinion for some, from from practitioners that are, have a specialty in that. So. Um, yeah, it's taken me a lot of trial and error and I really found my team, my healing team to Mm -hmm. get me back on point. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what I recommend. Yeah. So important. And unfortunately I know a lot of people listening because of insurance issues probably can't go see everybody they'd like to see. I know that there are people I would love to see, but I'm like, "Mm, right. I don't think that's possible, but if you can absolutely do it. Um, but even if you can't, like I said, you can t- say to your doctor, like, this is a specific issue. I want a referral, like right. refer me to somebody who knows more about this specific thing, because right. unfortunately with Western medicine, it's often like piecemeal. It's like, oh, you're having these symptoms. Let's send you to this guy or this guy, or you know, I say right. guy, I mean, person, um, you know, this person or that person, you know, oh, you're having problems with migraines, go to a neurologist. And then you're just like, 
okay, so I have to see all these people and then they have to piece it together that it's actually not the, a problem for their specialty, but it's a problem completely, like a problem right. that's, yeah, it's wild. Well, you know, one thing I want to say about like paying with insurance, I mean, there's there's a lot that I can say that's broken with insurance and just all, all, a lot of the medical systems in general. And regardless, if, if, if you are on the fence, um, basically here's what I'll say. I, I waited till it got bad, like really mm -hmm. bad. And I got so bad. I was like, I'm just willing to do anything like fuck insurance. Like, yeah. I just didn't care. Like I just needed to get better and I needed different perspectives. So yeah, I totally hear you. Like we can stay in, in that mindset of very narrowly staying within our insurance. But again, like you're staying in a network that may not have all the perspective that you need to get fully in balance. And so to me, the, I, I waited till it was really bad, like really bad. Right. And I, in hindsight, just learn from my mistakes is like, don't wait for it to get really bad. And, um, to me, my, now I look at self care and my health that if that is, and I, and I really hit like a bottom with my energy. Like I could, barely get things together mm. with work. I was just skating by a little bit. Yeah. And I, I really hit this place where if I didn't get this figured out and invest in my health, I would have no health to invest in. Like, I, right. I don't know where I'd be if I didn't get my energy fixed and start healing that or financially, because mm -hmm. if I could perform and I couldn't get these things figured out like that, then we're just at an end pass. So um, I, I just want to open everybody's perspective of, you know, you can have that mindset to stay in network and stay in insurance, but at what cost? So, yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a give and take kind of thing. And you've got to weigh all the different things. And unfortunately, like you said, you know, at least, I mean, in the United States would, you're in the United States too, right? I am. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, I have an international audience and ironically, I'm in a, I have bipolar disorder and I was, I'm in this group for bipolar disorder. And I was talking to this woman about like insurance, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, oh, I forget there's Americans in here. Your right. system seems like it's a clusterfuck that doesn't help very many people. And I'm like, exactly. That's true. where we're at. It is a broken <laughs> system. It's true. Yeah. It's true. It's, it's so true. true. And so like, you know, it it's just difficult because, right. you know, I know people who it took them so long just to get the right diagnosis because they had, they didn't have the opportunity to go, you know, they didn't have the finances to be able to go and seek other people. And it took years of them. Like I need a new doctor. I need a second opinion. I need this. Right. I need that. And then fighting with insurance because the insurance, you know, they're a money-making scheme, so they don't want to pay right. for anything anyway. <laughs> You know, I, I just want to, I just want to say this too. Like if we're just, I mean, we could just probably, this could be a whole different podcast about the oh, I agree. system and co-pays and all that. But like, let's just say that you go down this rabbit hole, right? You're like, I need to see another doctor. And like, do you mind if I ask like what the average co-pay is for you to go see? Oh, I don't have one. My spouse actually has really good insurance. Okay. So. Great. So they, you don't but have any co-pay. So many people do have right, very let, large co-pays. Right. So let's say it's, a hundred fifty dollars a hundred dollars i mean my the co a copay that's what i pay my specialists to like look right. at my stuff and all these other eastern medicines and it's not going to the system 
it's not going to yep. the system that's already kind of just jacked up. It's going to actual the 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 person that is benefiting from your exactly you know, from from helping you. So, I mean, that is a person. Like, if you're gonna be just keep getting bounced around, and in the end, let's just say you get ahead of the curve, right? Mm -hmm. You you start to like look at your your issues ahead of time. I'm just speaking from my experience. If I had yeah. front loaded my healing. I would have had to, I wouldn't say get surgery, but that's like even further. Like if I had never gotten surgery, I would have been, I, I would be in a totally different place, but right. Um, got me implants. That's a whole different story. Uh, but if I had front loaded it, it wouldn't have gotten as bad. I would have gotten the support soon enough and not have wasted, you know, thousands of dollars in re removing them and thousands of dollars in anesthesia, like the downtime. It's like, you may, you, we might think that we're investing on like, oh, I don't want to pay this practitioner, blah, blah, blah. But really it all adds up when you aren't front loading it. You're not getting the perspectives that you need to, to actually heal you and to get an alignment. So that was looking back hindsight, like had I been more front loaded this effort, I wonder how much better I would have been faster sooner than I am now. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. See, I know I'm privileged that currently I don't have any copays. Uh right. In the in a couple of years, his insurance changes and we probably or no, I shouldn't say we probably will. We will have copays, not very large ones. We'll have a cap once we meet it, we're good to go. Um, so I know I'm privileged in that manner, but I do. I completely get where you're coming from is so many people play these really large co-pays right. and instead of like paying those co-pays to bounce from person to person to person, they could pay for a different perspective and see if maybe uh, somebody that isn't the traditional Western doctor might have some more information that could help them. So I completely get where you're coming from. Right. Because otherwise we just stay in a system that's still really sick. And like, yeah. imagine you, like, like you talked to how many doctors it's done like until somebody yeah. actually, you know, poked you and you, you, you know, got the right answer. I mean, like, I just, am like, what if it was like, what if it was, um, not bulging like that? What if it right. was, you know, um, malignant, my God, like that would have been terrible. Like, you know right. what I mean? Like there's so many things that could have gone wrong. Um, so yeah, that's. That's my TED talk. Thank you for coming to it around like just <laughs> get different perspectives. And the last thing I'll say is like, we're kind of trained to trust the system, the system and yeah. to trust what a doctor says. And I'm not bashing doctors. My mom's a doctor, you know, I'm not bashing yeah. that. It's, uh, it's our responsibility to get different perspectives, to be informed Mm -hmm. to be fully informed and not just take, you know, one, one perspective and like, take that as everything. I mean, like we could even zoom out and like, look at religion. Like we don't, we don't know. I mean, like, like could all be different perspectives that we could be looking at to, to broaden our understanding of love and humanity. So yeah, I, I have uh this might offend some people. Oh, well, I'm sorry, but, uh, I have a theory that it's like all religions have the same basis. They just branched off from each other. Right. Like, because if you about love, yeah, if you, if you really like take away all the nonsense of like, in all the different like Bibles and 
you know, manuals or whatever that people are, are looking at with these religions and you really look at the core, they have some, a lot of similarities. So that's just my theory. Um, right. and, you know, and then people will come at me and, and cause you know, everybody, people get very attached to their own belief system. And right. A hundred percent. I just think same. it all comes from the same place. Um, cause they have a, some really core similarities. Uh, so yes, I I'm there with you. Uh, but one thing I'll say about what you're saying, like with different perspectives. So I, this is still Western medicine, but I feel very strongly that people should not be diagnosed with, um, mental health disorders from their general practitioner. Mm -hmm. Um, because this research actually shows there is a very high rate of misdiagnosis. Um, also very high rate of, um, the wrong, uh, medications being given and prescribed Mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, general practitioners do not typically have the knowledge, the in-depth knowledge they need about mental health. Right. And I went misdiagnosed for, oh, over a decade. So I was undiagnosed for several decades over a decade. I went misdiagnosed because I went to my general practitioner. They misdiagnosed me, gave me the wrong, wrong medication. I had a very poor reaction. And then I was like, F this, I'm not, no, I'm not doing this because like it made me worse, not better. And she shamed me and was like, that's not possible. And I was like, but I'm telling you, this is my experience. So I feel the same way about, you know, talk, having different perspectives, especially perspectives of individuals who may have more knowledge on certain things. Um, because I feel like that with the mental health, um, because like, don't please, for the love of God, don't let your general practitioner diagnose you with mental illness. Um, so just relating back to what you were talking about, right? Right. Like there are people who have experiences and specialties in certain areas that they may be able to help you, even though you're looking at like, well, but my general practitioner, they're the person I go to. They may not have that knowledge or specialty or they may have taken one class on this thing. <laughs> right. I mean, I looked at my mom and like, I asked her, this literally happened last month. Last month I had a massive, just, um, I had two periods in a month, which is like, yeah. that is not normal for me. Some women are like, oh, that happens to me all the time. I'm like, well, first of all, get your hormones checked. Yeah. <laughs> like that's not normal. Yeah. Um, and I knew it was very irregular for me. And I, I, my mom, and I, sometimes I throw her these bones and like, just, just to see. And she's like, Oh, you're okay. And I'm like, I, no, I don't think I'm okay, mom. Right. And, um, my mom's a great doctor, but I'm just sorry for bashing her so much. No, you're not but bashing I mean, she, she didn't like, she's not looking at my labs. I didn't give her my labs or any blood work like that. And she's like, Oh, sometimes it happens. I'm like, I, I don't think, I don't know. That's like not normal for me. So right. I went to my hormone specialist. She's like, yeah, that's probably something going on. Let's like, look at all your samples and like, let's do that. And just, yeah, same thing with mental health, like, um, and, and the same thing with what type of, I mean, yeah, general practitioner definitely should not be giving, I think, medications. I would definitely talk to a psychotherapist or a psychiatrist. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I will also say um, my, my family has a history of bipolar disorder as well. I mean, my, my, all my, almost not all of my immediate family members, but a good portion of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, having struggling, having struggled and just working through it as well, one of the things that has really helped has just been a spiritual practice and not mm-hmm. just, not just like, you know, the meditation and, yeah. um, 
actually having support in in the spiritual aspect and being having people to talk to that are that are experienced in that because um it really helps it's a it's an all all perspective approach the medication um is is something that can help for sure and i've i personally have had people really turn a corner when they introduced a more spiritual aspect into their lives. Yeah. I feel like, I don't, I think we've mentioned this on the podcast before that, like, you really got to find what works for you, right? Like actually works for you. Not like, oh, I think this works for me. Or it's like a very unhealthy working for you. Like, you know, drinking my face off every night and like passing out works for me. No, like you really have a healthy works for you that varies for everyone. And we have to be really honest with ourselves and say like, what's missing and what feels good and what makes me feel better, like actually makes me feel better, not just like pushes stuff around and, and work on that. And, And that's why I really enjoy the podcast because there's, my guests have a lot of different perspectives on like, this is what my practice is. And this is what helps me. Um, and I think it's important that people like listen and say, Hey, maybe what Claire is saying might help me right. or maybe it doesn't, but like, you know, you don't know, right? Like, <laughs> right. Unless you check it out. Um, so, if, you know, having like that broad perspective of like, everybody needs to find that, that kind of, I guess, practice that kind of like self-care, that lifestyle that works best for them. I'm just throwing those words out there because I'm like, I don't know the specific word I'm looking for, but you know what I mean? <laughs> that, that, yeah. That aligns with them, I think is also yes. what I'm noticing. Um, you know, and the other thing that I'll say is it takes time to actually see what does work. And, and weirdly enough for me too, when I started doing some spiritual practices, like it did not at the surface level work for me, like doing healing and, and doing the deep inquiry is not easy work. Like it's, um, it, it does mean you are literally reshaping your reality, which Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but that is like, not always we get our, our realities are what we call the comfort zone. So (laughs) I don't know how most people, you know, transformation doesn't happen inside the comfort zone. It happens outside and getting out of your comfort zone is, it feels like somebody ripping off the blanket at five o'clock in the morning and it's 30 degrees outside. It can just feel like a jolt. So one thing I'll say is, yes, try different things and also know that quote unquote, feeling good, feeling good isn't always the indicator of that it's the right thing. Sometimes the, sometimes the medicine has a little bit of the poison in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you should hear the, um, the arguments I get in with my therapist sometimes when she pushes back on me and <laughs> right. I'm just like, no. And she's like, okay, the way well, it is. how about we look at it this way and see like, maybe there's something there. And then, you know, cause you, immediately you're just like, I mean, I don't, I say me, me immediately, like when there's pushback and it makes me uncomfortable, I like, you know, put up this wall and I'm like, "Mm -mm." but Mm -hmm. you know, I know logically and also from experience that like, that's when we have to like, you know, lean into it, get uncomfortable, like 
maybe figure out what's going on so I don't repeat the same patterns that I have had for like decades. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's it can be uncomfortable sometimes. Right. 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 <laughs> but you and feel I mean, better kind of, later. It's kind of like yoga. I see the same thing. It's yeah. like, man, this sitting in warrior two, I would just when I first started doing yoga and and I've been honored to uh, get my 500 hour in, in a very specific type of training. But I, when I first started, I'd be like, you're making yes. me do chair pose. Like you're making me, you're doing this at me. And no, that's not what's actually going on. And, um, there, there's a, that's a whole nother podcast about what's really going on, but right. um, yeah, <laughs> it, it is, it is good. We need, we need that too, or else we stay right in our comfort zone. We stay right where we're comfortable. And, um, that's not always the, the place that, that has the most growth. Yeah. It's not always the healthiest place. Right. Either. <laughs> right. Well, Claire, as we wrap up the podcast today, what would you like to leave the inspired women audience with? Yeah. I think what's coming to my gut right now is just stay open to stay open. Um, it, it, the, the decision to get implants uh, came from a very, a fearful place and fear makes you look very narrowly. Like my narrow perspective at that time was I need boobs to f- to be beautiful and to do well and to, to prove that I've got something. And the opposite of that and the place that I'm really at now is to stay open, to stay so open and open with where your thoughts are coming from, your, yeah. where are your belief systems coming from? Like where, where is this coming from? Because what I know is that your aligned self, your higher self, your the self that wants the best for you um, is not saying all those mean things. True story. True story. story. Well, Claire, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Blessings to all of your listeners. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.